So welcome to the No Ideas Original Podcast. You know, we're, we're blessed to have the wonderful and amazing vocalist, Tawatha A.G. Thank you for agreeing to do this interview. We appreciate it. Um, like it's I said, we have Thank you for pronouncing my name correctly. <laughs> <laughs> well, my name is my name is Shannon, and it gets butchered. I've heard all kinds of variations. I've heard Shannon. So you understand. You Shannon, understand. Um, Shana. <laughs> all kinds of things. I so, totally um, tell us what it was like growing up in New Jersey and what made you decide to become a singer. Well, I really didn't decide to become a singer. I grew up in Newark, in Newark, and um, I played for my church choir. You know, uh, the local piano teacher, you know, taught me how to play. And I, you know, played for the, the juniorette choir, you know, the little ones, uh, you know, like under fifth grade. And, and so, um, you know, it was something to do because I didn't have much of a social life. All I did was listen to the radio and read books because I couldn't go outside. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> you know, so you know, I yeah, listen. You're to also me. an avid reader, then. Absolutely, absolutely. We used to have a book club in my elementary school where books were like ten cents. I know I'm, I'm dating myself, but okay. books with the the paper book, uh, paperback uh, copies were like ten cents, and I would buy books all the time. So it was a great thing. But I mean, I played in church, and I sang, you know, sang in, in the choir at church, and um, I went to a music and arts high school in the city of Newark and then I graduated and um, I had never been like out of Newark you know I had only been like to Alabama for, for like a family trip so but I wanted to see what the world was like I wanted well you know the world outside of Newark you know for me right, right, I right. read about all these places it's like I want to travel I want to see this place that place and um, I only applied to one school after, after when I graduated, I applied to Howard, Howard University, and I got accepted. So it's right. like, it's my shot. <laughs> it's right, my right. shot just to go and just meet other people, you know, people from other places. And so I went to Howard and graduated and, um, you know, I was a music major, but my heart wasn't really in it because it was just like to get away from from home, you know, oh, just to, right. to go explore somewhere. life. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yes, to see what that was, see what see if what was uh, what they said in those books were true, you right. know. And so um, I was a, a music major, you know, I sang in the choir. You know, we had to do a little recital, and um, and so I did that, and um, I I was in a group. At Howard, because I'm gospel group, hot tea, correct. Okay. As a matter of fact, I spoke to Angela, I was talking to Angela last night. So it was Angela Winbush, mm-hmm. Richard Smallwood, um, a sister by the name of Elette Ricks, who is like the most amazing piano player. Uh, amazing, she's a pianist, you know, right. and she's in um, Sacramento, California. And Shelton Becton, who's um, a Broadway music director. Wow. Now, so everybody, everybody did well, you know. Um, so um, we had, we formed our group and we sang in local churches, and uh, and we also had a um, hot tea was the secular side, and um, Genesis was the gospel side, and so <laughs> you know we're trying to make a little change, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, change it up a little bit. Broke broke college students, so we were trying to make money. Richard played for his church, um, and he was he's an amazing psalmist today. He's, nice. he's received accolades from everyone all over the world. And so um, we had that group. And um, there was a woman by the name of Louise West, who was an attorney, who I think she taught at Howard. Um, and, she, you know, Donald Byrd was, a, 
it's a whole, it's so many things. Donald Byrd was there, the Blackbirds were there. And wow. so it's like- This is all at Howard? Oh, this is at Howard at the same time oh, I'm there. Okay. And you know, um, uh, and the WHUR, which was like the, the uh, college station, they played jazz and they, they told you who was on the, who played, who was performing on the records. And I heard John Coltrane and Gene Carn, and it's like, oh, oh my God. Cause you know, I'm in Newark listening to WABC or, or listening to <laughs> the um, WNJR, which was the local black station. And um, also, I, I love to listen to the classics like Frank Sinatra and Tony yeah. Bennett and stuff like that. So when you're home a lot, you know, you got to expand the dot. You know what I mean? So listen to a little bit of everybody. So we had the group Hot Tea. And um, Louise West, who was an attorney, liked us. She felt sorry for us. She was trying to help us out. She says, I know these guys who are looking for a group. And so these guys are going to come down here and listen to you to you sing. And it was James M. Tumay and Reggie Lucas. Wow. Okay? They had just finished working with uh, Miles Davis and Roberta Flack. So, you know, they wanted to change. So they're going to start producing. So we, we did a demo with uh, M. Tumay and Reggie. And um, uh, we, we went, took it to CBS. And that didn't work out. But it just so happened that M. Tumay and I both lived in Newark. Mm-hmm. So he said, give me your number. So when you get home, but I was, I graduated already. When you get home, call me and, you know, maybe, you know, we'll do something. Mm-hmm. Is there something about New Jersey? I don't mean to cut you off. It's something about New Jersey because we just had Robert Bell from Cool. Oh my God, cool. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I mean. From Newark, New Jersey. Like New Jersey was, was popping back then. Well, it was. Yeah. And, you know, Sissy Houston gave me my first voice lesson. I was talking about wow. the Ted Mac, the Ted Mac show. The Ted Mac, oh my God, that was like um, American Idol for 1960 something. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we did the demo with him, Tume. That didn't work out, but you know, I kept in touch. And he said, you know, I'm going to put a band together. Would you like to sing? I had never sung in a band, didn't, had no clue what it was about, but it's like, yes, because I was a substitute teacher. You know, mm. I, I got my degree in music education and it's like, you know, I don't I didn't really want to teach. But it was it was something to do. But yeah, right. being a substitute, you know, look, it's it's rough because I would get up and get dressed and hope the phone would ring. So oh, if they could call right. me for a job yeah. so I could be ready to go. So it's like, woo, it, this can't be it. <laughs> this mm-hmm. can't be it. So um M Tume got me a few sessions. And it's like, oh my goodness! You mean I could actually make money from singing? Wow. I didn't, I didn't know because I only sang in choirs, you know. So, yeah. um, and the, no money in that. So, um, w- one session I could make a, a week's worth of work, uh, a week's worth of money from subbing. So it's like I think I'll just take my chance on trying to sing. One or two days a week, I'm cool. Career change real quick. So that worked out, and um, he introduced me to a few people, and then he started. He and Reggie started writing and producing, and I would sing the demos for their um, their songs. Yeah. And you know, they started. They got um, who did they get? Uh, the Phyllis. I mean, I know I'm jumping all over the place, but Phyllis Hyman and Stephanie Mills, I used to sing the demos for the songs for the artists. And so, and then, you know, we had to do the background vocals. So it's like, that was my job to to call people to sing. And the only people I would call were people that I would see on liner notes, because I used to read the liner notes back in the day. Oh, I miss reading that. Oh, I miss that so much. But now you, you don't even know who's doing what. Because the streaming, you don't, yeah. yeah streaming, you, don't you, know, you don't get any of that information. But that's, 
I used to read liner notes from Philly International Records, you know, um, Gamble and Huff. Yeah. And so it's like, one day I want to see my name in on them. the back of a record, just yeah. like this. And wow. that's what I did. That's yeah. what I did. Can I, I ask you, application right there. Can I ask you, because we were just, behind the scenes, we were just like uh, gushing over like the, the brilliance of Entume outside of his musical, his, his musical genius, but you had an opportunity to actually interact with him on a personal note. Can you speak a little bit about just what it was like being around him? Because I remember I used to, I used to listen to Open Line regularly, like just I introduced him to Open Line really I, because I listened oh, wow. to it first. It's like wow. you need to hear this show because they need somebody like you on this show. And eventually, he used to do the end of year review. It would be um, and Tume and Nelson George who would do the entertainment, and then they had a sports person. And, and that's how he got on open line. And the people loved, you know, the, the the back and forth with them so much until he became a regular and stayed on there for like almost 30 years. Yeah. 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 But being with him too, May, is like, that was an education within itself because he was a free spirit and intellectual, funny as all get out. I mean, people, people always saw his serious side, but the man was hilarious. He could have done stand up. You know, and um, uh, and just a brilliant guy, an avid reader. He taught me a lot, you know, about the music business and and uh, and how to present myself because they don't do that anymore. Right now, everybody's like on their own, you know, to try to to try to make it. But it's like this is what you do. And uh, and since I was singing in the band, it's like remember, no matter where you go, remember who you represent. You are representing the Tume band, so it's like, got it, got it, <laughs> I got it. And so, um, you know, there was a s certain standard uh, that, you know, he he held high, and it's like, this is what you do because remember, you people are always going to look at you, and and you know, you're going to represent a lot, so you have to be all of that and a bag of chips. And so he taught me how to get the job, get payment for the job and mm. and not have to call somebody else to come in to get my money you know what i'm saying yeah yeah i was a little terror because it's like you know what you might as well call me and take care of business with me because you don't want me to have to call somebody to come down here to get my money and who i would have to call would be him too man so it's like well, Newark. Yeah. it energy come out real fast right yeah 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 but you know he taught me how to speak up for myself he taught right. me how to speak up for me it was there but he just brought it out you know so he was such a cool dude and just so funny. I miss him every day, every day, because yeah. everything reminds me of him. And each of the sessions that we did, we, what, it was so much laughter going on, laughter and hard work. So, and he taught us to, uh, with the M2A band, um, whenever they had projects, we had to submit material so we could get mm. our songs on the new projects. So it was, right. it was very competitive. And um, it, it just, you know, it taught me how to write. And and then I would be singing the reference vocals and doing the background arrangements and with him and Reggie and so, and yeah. it, that was just my whole world. That was my whole world. And it's like I didn't even know I could support myself like this, yeah. having fun. It was fun. Like yeah. It was, was fun. And I was going to ask you where the passion for songwriting come from, but I think you answered that pretty well. Yes, I mean it was the competition. It was mm -hmm. the competition because everybody that was in the Mtume band were jazz artists. The original, right. well, with the Mtume band, you had the 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 um, studio band. You had the band that went out on the road. Okay. And with Mtume, he always said, you know, the music has to change every time. So you would see different people on the album covers all the time. The yeah. only constant was 
and two man myself. So, um, you know, they they were already world class musicians to me. I mean, I just got out of school. I knew like right. nothing. But it's like, oh my God, there's Hubert Eves, there's uh, Ed Moore playing the guitar, there's Howard King on the drums, and, and then we had Philip Field and, and Basil Ferrington. It was like, oh my God, I can't here's believe a, I'm doing this. Here's an East Coast girl from Jersey, just graduated from Howard. Yeah. And now yes. you're exploded in the music business at an alarming, like, wow. Let me tell you, let, right. it, it, you know, M. Tumay was a hustler and he taught me how to do that. I mean, that's, you know, that's the, the bottom line and because yeah. it's like always you know always you, you of course you have to you know uh protect yourself and absolutely. and and do the best job that you absolutely can because um i didn't know anybody else singing so it's like okay let's do this and i'm the new girl on the block and i'm calling people like gwen guthrie luther vandross to come and oh. sing <laughs> it's like who is this girl to offer calling us for a job. So I don't know, but she works with him too, man. So they all would come. And then I, I met Luther and he asked me to go out on the road with him. I was like, why? Well, yeah, why not? And then that's what I did between uh, M2 May records. Yeah. Wow. Vocally, you're brilliant. I mean, listening to your range and, you know, you can belt the hell out of a note. Now, knowing who has also been one of your influences. Talk about your influence with Sissy Houston. Sissy, look, Sissy lived down the street from my grammar school, and mm -hmm. I was going to audition for Ted Mack. Uh, and my principal, Gladys B. Francis, said, "There's a lady that sings down the street. I'm going to have you go to her, and so you can talk to her, and she can give you uh, a couple of tips on how to do this audition for Ted Mack." And it was Sissy Houston. <laughs> small world, small world. Oh, yeah, right up, I tell you, New Jersey was popping. I'm Black telling you, and, and, and you know, everybody was different. Every everybody sounded different. It wasn't that cookie cutter kind of thing. Everybody had their own sound, and there were just pockets of music. Even even with the with cool, you know, I mean, it was like the right. aura and slave. I mean, all of that. That was yeah, like, wow, you know, it's like yeah. just funkiness, just funkiness, this funkiness all the time, 24-7. Yeah. Wow. That's great. Well, you, you, did you hang out a lot in the 70s back then? <laughs> were you going to the garage? Were you going to Studio 54? No. Only to work. <laughs> Only to work. <laughs> Only to work. That, that You know, as, as much as uh, we did music, I was still a church girl at heart, so it's like, no, nah, I don't need mm -hmm. to do that. I'm just, That's it's fine. about the work. Do the work, right. do the performance, and just, you know, come on back home and read another book. <laughs> <laughs> Kenyatta, you were quiet. I got. I was gonna say. I got to tell you, you assume you got a lot of some. You, I got a, a lot of respect for you for your hustle and your work ethic or something. Just tell people how you know how hard it is to actually because you you stay busy and you stay on it. And I'm you know, um, I was very very fortunate because working. You know, it started with him too, May. And then I, I worked with Luther. Luther would get me some sessions. We would sing our sessions together. And um, when Ntume and Reggie's songs like became hits, other artists, we, we want to get that Ntume sound. And so right. they would call me. I was like, mm. wow, this is, this is cool. So I would get Gwen Guthrie and Brenda White 
more Jersey girls, and we would like do these projects. And 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 my my um, working was always from word of mouth. I never had a business card, and I never had a manager. So mm. and, and the work just kept wow, coming because you know. The, my work ethic was so strong. It's like, we're going to get this right. I'll get the, the right singers to come in. And, you know, as long as I'm the boss, I'm cool. You know, it's like, this is how we're going to do it. Um, and that was with Lenny Kravitz. And that was with uh, Dave Matthews. And it's like, because Mtume would say, how, how do you get these jobs? <laughs> it's like, you know, it's word of mouth. Word of yeah. mouth. So the work ethic was so strong. Well, I was I was gonna ask you that you made it. You've made a successful career out of being essentially a backup vocalist. Absolutely. And 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 if you think about it, a lot of people for some reason get so engulfed in having to be the person that's the front man or the front okay, woman. Right. Oh, the I band. never had to do that. I what? always loved the background because I think because I read the liner notes all the time, and sometimes you see the same names popping up on different records. It's like, wow, this is, that might be cool. And it's like you, uh, you, you can make a good living at it. I, I never had to be in the front. I could always be in the back. You didn't have to know my name. I just wanted to be there to sing, do the show, and, and leave. And that's what that's that's what I, I don't I don't understand because I think that there are I'm certain that I'm sure there's intangibles that go into being a backup vocalist, but so yeah. many people get roped into want, wanting to be mm -hmm. on the forefront, but You've made a you've made a successful career out of it. So, what are some of the intangibles that actually go into being a backup vocalist? Well, you have to. First of all, okay, you're a support singer. You're not out there trying to be the, the artist. You're not trying to be the star. You're not trying to be the name on the marquee. You're there to support the artist. And yeah. a lot of people they get carried away once the lights come on, and it's like, oh, I'm gonna do a little extra here. And I've seen a lot of people get fired because of that because it's oh, like wow. you're hired right. to do one thing: support the artist and sing in tune, do what you got to do. Because when I started, I mean, you know, there wasn't a lot of the choreography. There was no big production. It was just hardcore singing. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. I work with Lou Rawls, you know? I mean, it's like, wow. it's like, yeah, my grandmother used to listen to it. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> I've been around a long time and I've had a chance to, to work with different people. And um, wow, it's the discipline and you have to know who you're working with. You just don't walk in there cold. Whoever I'm going to do a project with, I, I read their history, listen to their music, so I'm familiar with it. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened with me and Steely Dan. I work with Steely Dan. It's like, yeah. oh, my God, I listen to this peg and, uh, and uh, you know, Hey 19. And it's like, if I could just work with Steely Dan, I would just, I made it. And then yeah. I got the call. Wow. I got the call. And it's like, oh, my God. And I think I did two or three tours with them. Yeah. You know, and then you just go on to the next, the next artist. It's like I want—I didn't want to be there to stay. I just wanted to get that experience. Yeah, and just feel what that was. And they, they were some great, the great musicians. Great. You, musicians. you know what's ironic about what you're saying? I'm just thinking about back early in the interview when you were talking about waiting to get that call as a mm -hmm. substitute teacher. Oh, as a substitute. Kind of be. But, but if you <laughs> here, where I'm going with this? But now it's almost like your passion may be your music and the ability yeah. to sing and you, you're still a person who you I get that call I will deliver I'll go yeah. wherever I need to do yeah. to go to make it happen yeah. I'm just wondering like given the fact that you've had this opportunity I'm sure you've been able to travel the world you perform with so many different people many many times can you tell me your favorite performance 
and what made it your favorite performance and also a time where performance didn't necessarily go the way you thought or you would have liked oh, you mean the worst one <laughs> the best one and the worst one. you said it <laughs> okay so i'll tell you the worst one and this was this was with m and we were going to um i think it was Bowie state university and they thought that m was a jazz band and so these were like jazz people expecting to see a jazz group but uh-huh. it's no we were funky and it's like this is not what we paid. Sophisticated funk, right? Sophisticated funk. funk. And it's like, nope, they thought it was going to be in two main miles and all that other kind mm-hmm. of stuff. It's like, no, they, they, <laughs> they booked it incorrectly, but it's like, the show must go on. You still got to do the show. Yeah. Right. So that was the worst one, only because there was some miscommunication. They just saw him two main and thought it was just jazz. They didn't know he had moved on to something else. So when you looked out into the crowd, was it like blink faces? Like, look yes. Like, what are they doing? But do you know the show must go on? The show must go on. Did you but did y'all was, win them over? Well, you know, and Tume had the gift of doing that because he, when he realized that they thought it was going to be a jazz thing, he said, "No, this is not what that is. I moved on." So some people, you know, jazz people are very like serious. It's very yeah. serious. It's like this is not jazz. This is not just like, well, no, it's not, <laughs> you know, what's going on. But that was the worst. Now, the best was also with him to me the first time we went to Tokyo. Oh. And on my way over, on the flight over, we had a, a layover, I think, in Seoul or something. And I lost my voice. And this wow. was the first time we were going to be in Tokyo. Okay. So it's like, The the promoter of the show knew um, an, a holistic doctor, okay, and I, he took me to see the doctor. He gave me some herbs and stuff, and the voice came back, you know, and <laughs> came back, and I was so happy that I had my voice back until I just like it was it was the best show ever. You know what wow. I mean? It was the best show ever because I was grateful that I didn't want to be responsible for the band not being able to, the first time in Tokyo, and it's like, oh no, we can't. I would never forgive myself for that. But- Bottle that stuff up and sell it. (laughs) And you know what? It happened to me again years later, and I contacted the the gentleman, the the holistic doctor, but whatever he gave me was not allowed in the United States. <laughs> so, cause it's like, can you send me, he remembered, he remembered me, you know? So um, it's like, can you, can you send me, tell me what it is? He said, it's not available outside of uh, the Japan. <laughs> Can't do it. Can't, Can't bring do it across it. it. Can't do it. But that was the, the, the worst and the best. But, and it was mm. both with him too, mate. But I mean, um, I'm not responsible for the worst parts if I'm working with for somebody else. You know, <laughs> it was more personal because that was family. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's all good. It, every every show's a good show. If the audience doesn't get it, they just don't get it. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah. yeah. Keep it moving, man. Yeah, it's like you know, keep it moving. Keep it moving. That's right. Because you know, you're doing three or four shows a week. You know, you're getting on the bus or the plane, you're going to the next gig, and it's like you just you just keep going. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're traveling around right? the world and stuff, and mm-hmm. you know, doing all the different gigs. Is there any place that you you, you find that you had like an unexpected fan following or a bigger fan following that you thought like a part? Well, of the you world? know, the first time 
I went to Tokyo was not with Mtume. It was with an artist by the name of Teramasa Hino. Oh, and um, he's a trumpet player. He was like the, the uh, Japanese Miles. And so mm. we went on to, I was one of the background singers. And when we got to the airport, people were standing with albums that we had worked on. With the, that the other background singers had worked on, um, and it's like, wow, these are that's now that's true fandom. Right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, even like obscure things, they would have. It was like, how'd you get that? Somebody <laughs> see, other people read the notes. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. And you know, and uh, Japanese people are very, they're very into the music, and they mm -hmm. they want to know. They're sitting there transcribing and doing whatever. It's like, cool. And I, and I appreciate people that appreciate the music. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one thing I appreciate, and I want to know this experience, you co-wrote Two Hearts with Teddy Pendergrass and <laughs> Stephanie Mitt. Yeah. That's, that's my Lord. favorite song. That's my that's favorite. That's my favorite song. That's my favorite song. That song, that's my, that was like my, that was my first hit. You know, with the oh with the group, God. and I, I got Talking my first Luke. good car. I got my first good car with that song. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't stop playing it, did you? Oh no, I love that song to this day. As a matter of fact, I'd like to redo it. Um, oh, I, I'd like to redo it, but I I I don't know who I'm going to redo it with though, because you know right. I got to get the, the right. Yeah. Teddy, you know, I, I you never played Teddy. Teddy. Yeah. <laughs> were were y'all together when y'all co-wrote that song? No, no, actually, let me let me tell you about Two Hearts. This is amazing. Um, I wrote that song because a friend of mine had passed away. And I I just, uh, I had everything. I had the, uh, the verse, the bridge. I had everything but a hook. It's like, came into my life a stranger. You captured my heart. Now I got to face the danger. I'm ready to start. And it's like, oh. and I had the bridge and everything. And I had all the chords. And it's like, too many Reggie, I got this song. And it's like, but I can't finish it. I can't put the period on it. You know, I got it. And they listened to it. And Reggie said, uh, oh. Two hearts, always better, together forever. And that was it. It's like, what? Wow. It just came out because <laughs> he was real good with that. And it's a but I had everything but the hook. I had oh, the wow. verse and I had the bridge. You're giving me so much of yourself till I don't need nobody oh, else. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, oh, I got it. It's like a whole oh, give me the hook. And I just never got it. <laughs> But wow. I had all the other things. That's a classic so, record. That is yeah. an amazing. I love song. that song. Whenever they play it, I'm like, everybody be quiet. I gotta listen. <laughs> yeah, that's and a on the background was Gwen Guthrie, Brenda White, and myself. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Man. Teddy and Stephanie just tear that up. Oh my god. And to have Teddy Pendergrass, it's like Teddy Pendergrass. Oh my god. Oh my god. Close the door, Teddy Pendergrass. It's like, oh. <laughs> he was amazing. He was like for me the first superstar. You know, the first uh, you know that I that I would recall, that I would go and see. You know what I mean? What um Go ahead, Rob. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just, I was gonna just finish and I just like sonically listening to that song. That song is so crystal clear, mm -hmm. so perfect. Listen to it, and it got the perfect bounce. Like you can listen, you can play that at the roller skating rink and just, just glide right on yes. through. That's a great song. Yeah. Yeah. But M2A and Reggie were known to have those the clean, clean tracks 
We call yeah. them clean. And then, you know, as it got funkier, we, we got, you know, we put mud on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, so, but the watch was very clean, was very pristine, you know. So. Yeah. And even the, the things that he did with Stephanie, um, like what you're gonna do? Very, the, the tracks were all clean, all clean, yeah. all. It was yeah. just, you heard, you heard every instrument. There was no, no mud on. There. It was just crystal clear. I loved it. Yeah. What a you life. You know, my my, my, life. Fa- my, my favorite yeah. Wing Guthrie is Padlock. Oh, Padlock. Yeah. Padlock. Yeah. Padlock. That's actually my joint. Yeah. When um, was my mentor? He, uh, in, when I want, wanted to sing, we were starting to work, and and and, and Tume called New Gwen because they worked with Roberta Flack together. Mm-hmm. And so um, he said, "Look out, look out for her." And so we did a little session, and uh, we did a session, and. Gwen, it's not that Gwen was tall. It says that I'm very short. <laughs> it's like when we did sessions, I had to stand on the guitar case because everybody else was so tall. And she, <laughs> and she looked at me. And she said, "Oh, you're pretty good. You're pretty good." So it's like that was like yeah. that was the best for me. That was the biggest uh, boost that I could possibly get a compliment from Gwen Guthrie. So it's like, okay, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna be like Gwen because Gwen was doing the same thing. Gwen was doing the 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 the, the, the brass bound circuit, but she also had hit records. You know? Yeah, and Luther was too, right? Luther was singing background also. Yeah, Luther, Luther got me many many jobs. We worked a lot of jobs together. Uh, I mean, as background singers. Mm-hmm. And then when he went out on tour, he said, "I'd like for you to come in and, and work with me." So I sang on. Stay working. Never too yeah. much. That was his demo for CBS. I sang on the demo, wow. and he kept the background vocals that we did for the demo and put them on the record. Never wow. too much. You stop loving me, and um, another song I can't even remember. But and then I sang on every Luther album except for two. Wow. And I can't even remember the two. One that came out when Juicy Fruit was out, and so I had to tour with him too many because yeah. I couldn't I couldn't work on the Luther project. And there were two albums that I didn't sing on for Luther, but I sang on all yeah. the rest of them. Yeah. Wow. You know, because he liked the he wanted the same people. He called it the core group, and then he would get other singers. He knew what sounded on good. Every just about every album. Yeah, he knew what sounded good. What was that studio session like recording Juicy Fruit? Like when it's all said and done, did you did y'all leave the studio saying, "Oh, we got a hit record"? Oh no. Oh, okay. This is the Juicy Fruit story. In two way, we had worked on the project, right? I'm out on tour. I'm in Europe with Roxy Music, and um, M. Tume calls me and says, "There's one more song to do." Okay. So I had to fly back from London because I luckily I had the weekend off. I had to, I flew back from London to sing this song that he said it was Juicy Fruit. Mm-hmm. I said, okay. And it was like, and he was writing it as I was singing. Oh. You know what I mean? I, you know, okay, this is the first verse. This is the second <laughs> verse. Okay, okay, fine. And But the thing about Juicy is that when we recorded it, he had this epiphany. He wanted everything dry. He didn't want any reverb on anything. It's like, mm-hmm. no, I'm doing something new now. It's like, I can't sing like that. I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry. And it's like, and it, we kept that to ourselves for a long time because we were having a big disagreement about Juicy. It's like, nobody can sing dry. He could, but he wasn't really a singer. So yeah, it was different. Right. It was different. It's like, I'm too late. It's like singing, singing like this. I can't hear anything. There's no vibe. So we agreed to 
record me uh, uh, and they would put uh, a reverb on me and then he would take it off in the mix. Oh, so okay. that's what he did. So, cause the, the whole song is recorded dry. Mm. So if you went the next time, well, I don't know. The next time you listen to it, I don't know if you would, but they got so many remixes of Juicy Fruit now until, you know, okay. I don't know. But that's, that's the Juicy Fruit story. I just came in to do it and I went back to London to work with Roxy Music and, um, uh, he would call me to tell me how the record was doing. He said, oh, it's down like it, like 90 on the billboard mm -hmm. thing. It's like, oh man, you know, and then it was 70. And then he said, you know, I this. it's like 30. <laughs> and he's like, you gonna believe this, it's like 20. And then he said, it's 10. He said, girl, it's number one. <laughs> number one, it was number Time one. Time to hit the road. And I was still working with Roxy Music when it was number one. And Roxy Music came to New York to perform at Radio City Music Hall. And they were so nice. They played Juicy Fruit during their intermission. Nice. You know, I mean, that's generous, that's, very yeah. generous. Yeah. And Tumi was there and they kept playing. He said, could you please ask him to stop? <laughs> because they were it over and over again. It's like, in the ground. Mm, yeah, but you know, but I was away working with somebody else when that record was released. Wow. So, and then, then we had to do the tour. So it's like, well, well, Luther, I can't do this record because I got to do this tour with, with him too, man. So, yeah. I, always, that's you. In my mind, Luther Vandross is, is such a such a nice oh, person man. that he probably was just probably so excited for your success that he probably was like, nah, no, go, go, go. Enjoy oh, no, 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 it was like, no, he totally understood. Yeah. Cause he, he was a singer him. I mean, well, of course he's a, a <laughs> he's singer. himself. Yeah. He understood. It's like, you got, you got to work, you got to work your record. Yeah. So, you know, cause you can always come back and sing on my stuff. So, you know, and it's like every January, Luther would go into the studio to work on a new project. Oh, so wow. we all knew that, but you know, it's like, couldn't wait because when you work for Luther, he did so many songs until you got covered with your insurance. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's like, ooh, got my insurance for this year. All right, Luther. <laughs> so, um, but um, no, Luther would, um, he totally understood, you know, because, you know, because everybody wanted to do something else. He knew everyone wasn't going to be with him like forever. Right. Because, you know, everybody wants other things to do. They, they want right, to do right, other right. things, explore other opportunities. Are there Luther Vandross records that are still like on the cutting room floor that we haven't heard yet? You know what? There are a few, uh, cause, but I don't know what's going to happen with that because, you know, we recorded a lot of songs. So um, it's like, whatever happened to that thing? Remember that song we did? And it's like, wow, well, I don't know if it came out. Because, you know, you're doing so much work until by the time the record comes out, you, you might have sang on uh, 12 songs and like eight of them or oh, yeah. so, you know but it, if you hear it in the store it's like oh my god is that me that's that's us that's us <laughs> that's the funniest part when you're like in the store and it's like they play the 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 oldie station and it's like oh my god i remember that and then you can't turn around and tell anybody nobody cares but you know what that's that i think that reason that's that's to go back to what i was saying earlier that's why i think so many people want to be in the front like that ego and wanting to have yeah. what they believe to act to me I i'm with you i would trade every I day never like, I, had a I, never, I never wanted that it's like i love being in the background i love being the support i love being the pad that the artist needs to to do mm -hmm. the song because it's like some 
my, my friend, um, I work with Dave Matthews Band, and wow. he's he goes out, oh my God, the most wonderful people in the world, Dave Matthews Band. It's like, um, but um, we sang with them. They had never used background singers before. So it was like, oh, this is gonna be fun because they, um, they were working at a, a big venue, like a giant stadium in New York, outside of New York. And they wanted us to do one song. It's like, and I had Brenda, Brenda White and Cindy Mizell. We were the original lovely ladies. Mizell. We were the original lovely ladies. And I said, you know, Dave, we can sing more than one song. You know, because we came from a Luther session to do the Dave Matthews session, you know, and because they were at Electric Lady and it was the first time they had used like background vocalists. And they liked what we did. It was a song called Stay. And um, they liked what we did. And, and they asked us to sing this song at Giant Stadium with them. And it's like, but, and they, they gave us a bus. It's like, <laughs> it's like, what? Oh, I, we just sing more than one song. <laughs> you know? And that song turned into like three tours. And 15 wow. years later, they call me, can you can you get some girls to come back out and, and sing with us again? Wow. You said so. Cindy Mizell, man. Yes. Like, Cindy. This could be the night. I love that record. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> and the, and but, but, but these were all, we were all Luther singers, you know? We had Cindy, Brenda, and then, and then Lisa, Lisa Fisher. So oh. it's like those are my girls. Wow, you know? yeah. those are my girls. You did though. You did record a, um, a solo album. Like, how did that end up coming about? You know what that was? M. Tume and Reggie had projects. You know okay. what I'm saying? And the they had there was an, another record coming up, and they said, "You want to do a solo record?" I said, "Oh, <laughs> sure, sure." It's not like I was trying to be the soloist. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, this was another project for me because I'm I'm in between. Uh, tours with, with whoever's going to call me. And it's like, oh, okay, let's do this. And I did it. And then went on and went on and did another tour with, trying to wait for that to come out. And it's like, if it does something, fine. If not, I'm still working. I'm still working. Wow. So, it, it seems yeah. as if, man, your transition into the vocal contractor, it was just seamless. This was so funny because when Mtume and Reggie formed their group, nobody knew how to do anything. So Mtume said, we're going to write and produce. You're going to hire the singers and you got to go down to the union to find out how to fill out the contract. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what I did. And then I started calling the singers and doing the, the, the filling out the contracts. And, um, and that's what the contractor does. Make sure that the money's right, you know, and make sure that you get paid. You know, and um, and I love doing that. I used to lo I used to love doing paperwork. No, I can't. I can't handle it anymore. <laughs> back in the day, I used to have my little briefcase and my trench coat, <laughs> all the papers, all the W four forms, the W nine forms, the, the everything. So you know. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the the I mean, the energy you have and the positivity is great. Like it's it's infectious. All the energy you have. Oh, thank you. Thank <laughs> that's, you. That's, that's just wonderful. Yeah. From, from you talking, it seems like it's like just one big, huge community or something. You know what? That's what it that's what it was. It was family. We had the Luther family. You had the Entume family, you know, and um, and whoever else, even if I worked with Dave, then that beca I became part of the Dave family. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and when you work with people, you know, you, you, you when you have to go, you leave you leave so you can come back, you know, right, so 15 right. years later, Dave Matthews will call me to do a another tour. And it's like, are you kidding me? 
yeah, of course I'll do it. And Lenny Kravitz did the same thing. So it's like, and he was talking to Dave, and Dave said, yeah, we know we got to Wada. He said, yeah, I think, we, I, you think she'll work with me? And that's like, that's a gig. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Man, I'm out here too. The names, I'm thinking like the, the least, how can I ease the pain? That oh, yeah. Mine too. Yeah. Now, you know what? I did not sing on that, but that was my girl. So I support her 2,000%. Whenever she's in town, I go and see her. So, you know, because it's like that. We gotta so how, how'd you end up getting into the jingle business? When I, the, okay, the jingle business, um, they wanted a more urban sound and so and since i was singing on all these records they would call me so who's this person get this person to come in here and sing and I, uh, that's what i did they wanted to have a more urban sound on the commercials so i did a lot of commercials and it's like i did the black stuff you know what i mean mm -hmm. i did the black stuff so it was like totally cool with me because it's like that's like an hour out of your life and which which might supply you uh uh money for six months you know what i mean yeah i was just about to say the jingle business so the jingle business is lucrative Be extremely extremely the patty austin and the valerie simpson they they were like premier jingle singers back in the day oh. and um and then you know as, as time goes on they wanted a different town they wanted a more urban town and they they you know like like any business they get they get other people because you don't expect to do it forever. I don't yeah. expect to do do it forever. So, you know, Correct me my body wrong. of work is totally cool. Correct yeah. me if I'm wrong. Did Luther do jingles at one point too? Luther was the jingle king. That's how I found out about Luther because he used to do, he used to do a jingle and you're not going to believe it for Juicy Fruit Gum. And oh, it's wow. like, who's that guy singing that? And this was before Juicy came out. Yeah. You know, because it was a gum called Wrigley's Wrigley's Juicy Fruit. Yeah. He did. He would do. He was a, the premier jingle singer. He became a millionaire from doing jingles. You know, wow. so the, just that part, and then there's the other part. So um, he he was he was a very famous jingle singer. Now for for the jingle thing, are you expected to actually write the jingle, or they already have it written and they tell you? They already have it written. You just come in and uh, and you come in and sing. You just come in and sing. It's like it was like doing a record date, except this song might be a minute long as opposed to, you know, four minutes. Or back in the day when we do do the club records, forever. Oh <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it was already it was already written, and the music was already done, and then you just come in and sing. And sometimes they would have the client there, like uh, if it was uh, uh, for what KFC or mm -hmm. or um, or Dunkin' Donuts or something like that. The, the representative from the company would be there, and they try to put their little two cents in. But it depends on who the producer of the project was, because mm -hmm. you know you you want to make them feel included because you're trying to get the job. Yeah, you know. So, um, what I sing on a lot of jingles, a lot of jingles. Lot. Mm. So, so which do you prefer, jingles, recording, or performing? I prefer recording. Wow. I prefer recording because you know you can take more time and 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 finesse it, and you know try different ideas and see right. what, what works and, and what doesn't work. Because sometimes things that you think would work doesn't. They don't work when you try to sing it and sing it with other people, and right. so that's 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 the joy of it to create to create, and then it's the part about singing it live, you right. know. Especially for me, especially the background parts. Like I said, I don't I don't have to be a soloist. 
I just love the, the, the back. Try to try to do those shows without background singers. <laughs> it's like, ooh, there's a void here. Something's missing. What do they need? Background singers. Yeah. So what does Miss Ag do it today? Are you songwriting for anybody or you working with anybody? Well, you know what? The the next since Mtume's passing, it's like the next chapter because we were working on a project for me. Okay. Mtume and I were working on a project for me. So my next chapter is to do my another solo project oh, you know but he got he became too ill to, to finish yeah. so we you know i gotta move on because he would want me to to, to, to finish he was about forging forward absolutely yeah. you got to do this you got to do this right. and then i would also i also worked with this group called um i did a, a i did it like a club record like during like a break and it was by this artist named by the name of aeroplane and it was called love on hold and it's like i've never done that before and it did pretty well it's like oh my god they, they're playing that thing because <laughs> you know i'm just doing it to to keep my chops up you know what yeah, i mean yeah. to keep my chops up so when the, the when the next person calls i'm ready so um the aeroplane and i work with this group called chromio they're they're out of from out of canada and they're like a techno pop soul they call themselves the funk lords so it's like i fit right in you know yeah, yeah I fit right in with that so it's yeah. cool it's this, this. Who, whoever calls, whoever calls, <laughs> and the price is right, and the price is right, I'll be there. Right. Or right. I could recommend someone. You know what there I mean? You recommend someone, yeah. Because, yeah. you know, I know I can't do everything, but because, you know, you got to pass the baton. You know, it. Somebody else got to eat. Some people think they, they're supposed to do it forever. It's like, no, no, no. Let me ask you this. Um, yeah. I'm thinking about, like, you know, what recording was in the yesteryears and the, mm -hmm. how complicated it was now with the advent of technology mm -hmm. do you think that technology has hindered some of the artistry in terms of the creation of music uh well for singers yes yes because you don't really have to sing because they do this thing called auto-tune and it's like <laughs> oh, what is that it's like i please don't i'm insulted i'm insulted if you say <laughs> I said, what do you need me for if you're going to use the machine? You know what I mean? So, but you know, you can get, I mean, that's not my thing. Because I came up uh, in a well, time where you had to do the the real yeah, you had to work, right. You know, yeah. No, there was no magic with the with the engineer, you know, <laughs> making you sound better. The only thing they would add was reverb. That was it. That's because that's all we had. You know, nothing digital. They had tapes with tapes and, and to edit they the real um you know reels and they would just be moving the the things with their hands to mm -hmm. to to try to edit stuff you know so that was yeah. that was it though that was <laughs> how i came up that's why personally i have a different level of appreciation for musicians right. back then because yeah. what it took to actually create and i'm not taking anything away from today's musicians oh, no, I think there's, some people, there's some people that are brilliant today but i think like to me i always feel like creativity and innovation comes from la lack of resources like when you don't have it you have to get creative you have mm -hmm. to try different things mm -hmm. you know when you kind of have like this abundance of resource in a world at your fingertips then you have an auto-tune situation right. you know, you know, oh, so. it's like, I don't know. No, but doing, you got to have that foundation. You got to have that foundation. Because, you know, I remember once we worked with this very famous artist and we were touring um, and he had everything um, 
with this thing called a Fairlight, which was like basically everything was pre-recorded. So the band wasn't really playing, but the track was going, you know. And then something happened to the to the track. Oh. And they couldn't stop. They couldn't continue from where it stopped. They had to rewind the tape and start from the beginning. The audience was That's livid. Embarrassing. It's like, yeah. If I wanted to play the record, I could have stayed at home. Yeah. You know? But the Mtume band, we came out there. We Ready really to go. playing. And <laughs> if I told you who it was, you would you would pass out. <laughs> don't, don't, I don't tell me because I want to. I want to get these. No, good no, I won't. I won't tell you. Sometimes when you meet people that you admire, it's like, mm. it's a letdown. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah we've all been there. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, so, so let me let me just have this fantasy in my head about how wonderful you are all the time. So, yeah. Well, I have to say, this discussion hasn't been a letdown. You know, I, I just, your history, all that you've been involved in. Yeah. Um, like, I agree with Kenyatta, like, you know, like your, your energy is infectious. You seem like really excited about the work that you do. And I think that there are a lot of people, a lot of people in the industry that could kind of take something from you and look mm -hmm. at potential, you know, potentially what their career could be. Because yeah. to me, there are many people that are, that they're great singers, yes. but for whatever, for whatever reason, you know, they believe that, okay, I, ha I have to be the soloist. I have to be right. in the spotlight and that kind of, puts the kibosh on their career when they don't get the level of success that they right. oh they're so crushed have. they're so crushed that they yeah. didn't they didn't make it it's like but you don't have to be in the front you don't have right. to be the soloist you mm -hmm. can still have a, a lucrative career exactly singing in the background but the, for some reason everybody just i want to be the star so you want to be a star you know it's right. like but you know, the other, you know what the other thing that comes with the star? You can't go into the store, like you said, when you go in the store and be like, well, I'm singing on yeah. that record. You can't go into the store when you're that star. You get There's a trade-off for being a star. Yeah, there's a trade-off. Let me tell you, when Juicy Fruit came out, it was like, I couldn't walk down the street, yeah. okay? And it was like, and this was just the R&B hit. This was not like, you know, a Taylor Swift kind of thing yeah. or whatever, yeah. Backstreet, whatever. And it was like, Oh my God, even going to the parking lot, like in New York City to do another job. Hey, Juicy, how you doing? Yeah, people, like, in, Newark, people in Newark was giving you their demo. <laughs> people in Newark was giving you their demo. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, my sister sings, it's like, I, 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 I'm, I'm trying to make it myself. Right, right, right. <laughs> oh man. Well, Thank you for joining us. You know, we appreciate you taking time. This has been so much fun. Even though Kenyatta said two words. Kenyatta said four words. Kenyatta said all. Kenyatta did research you and and was he was talking to me behind the scenes. He was like, man, did you know that she sung on this? Did you know that she did that? I do want to tell you something. On your website, you got a saying about where it says, be yourself because listen, because you can't be somebody else that no it's it. like be yourself because everyone else well, is taken hey, everyone that is else the message is taken. that i use for my messages at work really <laughs> that's oh that's great yeah because that's that's oscar wilde yeah that's, that's oscar why wilde. You, it's like yep. brilliant guy i used to love uh, and two may turn me on to oscar wilde you know so it's like he's he's great he's great yeah. nice 